Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezrat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Tzadik Tessin Maseches Babakama. Happy Rosh Chodesh Adar Aleph. And welcome back, Phil. So, um, happiness may Klai uh, Yisrael continue to have happiness and joy. Yesterday, you know, tomorrow's Daf Kuf, the whole Daf takes five minutes. We have, a, uh, because of Rosh Chodesh, a shorter amount, and uh, we left behind. So, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to belabor the point. We were quoting a Brysa, uh, Phil. We're, we're going to end up, there's a mission on Sadiq Chesem and Bez, and there's two dots right before it. We're going to end up there in a second. I just want to read the words. There was a Brysa yesterday that talked about what our mission talked about, but had some differences, and it has to do with uh, Goslin who steals something, and that thing changes in his possession, like wine that ferments or fruit that rots and all of this, right? And in that Brysa... Right, what, what would be the status of that thing? Um, just to very quickly go over it, if it's, it's, it's the beauty of Kinyane Gezela, which is to say, if the thing doesn't change at all, then what he does is return it back. If the thing changes, like so for example, if, a, uh, if, if something, uh, uh, a coin loses its, let, let's say that's a better, a better example. This could be a very common thing. Somebody steals produce that was Tahor from Barry. And then it becomes Tameh. So what our Mishnah was teaching us is that becoming Tameh is not something that physically changes it. And because it doesn't really physically change it, you could really technically return it all the way back in the state that it was in. And if you do so, so then you're not Chayev as the Goslin for any of the loss that happened. But you're the one that it became Tameh under your watch. But it doesn't matter because that's a halachic change, but it's not a physical change in the thing, okay? Similarly, Chametz Sheavar Alava Pesach. Barry steals Andrew's bread for whatever psychopathological reason, and he takes and he has Andrew's bread, and uh, then it become and then Pesach starts and Pesach ends. Now it's Chametz Shavar Lo Pesach. It's also Bahana. and he says, "Here, here you go, Andrew. Thank you very much for the, for the bread. I took it. He actually has fulfilled returning it. Okay, because that bread, even though halachically it's useless now, has not changed physically. So." That's what the Brysa discusses. One of the examples of those things is a shore, that an ox was taken, basically. And then, what is its status before and after it gets convicted of killing someone? In other words, it killed someone, but it hasn't been convicted yet. So what would be the status there? So says the Gemara, um, that Brysa, the Brysa says, shore achelon nigmardino. There was a discussion whether the status of that shore would change before or after the Gemara Din took place, right? Before or after the conviction of the shore. What, and then we were trying to figure out what would be the underpinnings of that machlokas. And we were saying, is it, does it have to do with the concept of where something becomes Asr Bahana, do you say Haresh al That is really the question. The question is, in the case of Chametz Shavar Lav Pesach, for example, the food is not just right, useless like Tameh food, but it's Asr Bahana. So does the fact that it's Asr Bahana make it so useless that it now is considered a change? Even though it's a halachic change, it's so severe, right, that, it, that the Barry can no longer just return it to Andrew and say, here, this is yours. So, so we thought that maybe the Brysa with regards to the shore was an example of this because the shore, once it's convicted, is in fact Asr Bahana. So it says, Mishinigdar, so it sounds like when you quote that Brisa, right, the Rabbanon, in fact, who argue with Yaakov are the ones that are talking about that you can return the, the, the shores only before the verdict. 
And in that same b'risa, and yet they still say that when it comes to chametz shavar la pesach, which is also another example of iser hana, they say that you can't say arishal chalfanecha. What we're trying to get at, which we didn't have time to finish and explain yesterday, is that it looks like the reason for the shor halacha is not the same thing as our topic. It's not the same idea of can you say arishal chalfanecha by iser hana. Because in fact, those Rabbanon hold that you can't say Arisha Chalfanecha by Chamas Shavar of Pesach in the Brisa, even though when he came to the shore, they said that it's only before the Gemara Din. That was basically what we were trying to prove out of that Brisa, to which Amar Lay, amazing conclusion to the whole discussion, Rechista said once he realized, in other words, Rechista had thought that the Brisa was because was, the, the Halacha by the shore was a reflection of whether you could say Arisha Chalfanecha by Yisura Hana. Once he realized this distinction, he was embarrassed. And he said, If you meet the, the yeshiva guys who know me, don't say anything to them. Don't tell them about this brysa because it's going to embarrass me because I had this whole chab, right? Like it's almost like he gave a sheer klali based off of this concept of this is an ex- expression of whether you say, Turns out that that's not... What was going on in the Brisa? He said, "Like, don't don't mention that Brisa to them. That's embarrassing. That I build a whole giant shear off of that premise." And it turned out that that wasn't really what was going on in the Brisa. Okay, fine. So now two dots before the Mishnah. So we had that's a, directly against our Mishnah. In other words, our Mishnah right had said that if fruit rotted, that is enough of a physical change in the fruit. That Barry, let's say, who stole fruit from Andrew, then the fruit rotted. Now it has a physical change. Barry makes a Kenyan gazela on it, and it's his, and Barry has to pay it, gazela. Uh, he has to actually pay the worth that it was when he took it from Andrew. And here, this Brysa happens to be, in passing, tells us that Barry could take the rotted fruit and say, Harishal Chalfanecha to Andrew. That's a stira, right? So that says, that's what the Gemara asks. Peros gazela. Where we said in our Mishnah, that that's not the case, that rotted fruit is not something that's not physically visible, it's right there. It's so physically visible that in fact, Barry would have to compensate Andrew for that. So says the Gemara, the whole difference is, well, if a couple of them, a couple of the bananas get spots on them, so then that's not considered a physical change. If you have a giant thing of bananas and you could still sell the whole thing to Whole Foods, so then it's not really enough of a physical change to say that, um, that Barry would have to compensate him for the time that he stole it. Whereas if the whole thing of bananas all of a sudden is rotten and useless, so then of course that's enough physical change and that Barry would have to compensate. Fine. So now we're up to the Mishnah on Sadiqas and Beis and the Mishnah says like this. Again, different kinds of hezek, but this is the hezek, the cost of doing business, the craftsman. Um, we'll call this one malpractice, right? We'll get into medical malpractice also. So we'll have medical and also right, occupational malpractice. So you give a, a, something to a craftsman to fix. Instead of fixing it, he ruins it. Chayav and So the craftsman has malpractice. He has to pay for that. This is a charash, not a cherish. A charash is a carpenter. Um, a carpenter, he, again, he gives some wood things, a carriage box or closet to fix. He ruins it. Chayav He has to pay. If you get hired a contractor to demolish a wall, oh, so that's good. If he demolished it, that should be good, right? Yeah, but he didn't just demolish one wall, he demolished like the whole 
area, the retaining wall, the stones around it, does some extra damage around it, Chayav Lasham, he has to pay for that too. However, which we'll see what that means. But if he was demolishing from one side and something fell from the other side, that basically means that it wasn't from the blow, but like you demolish and just by virtue of that area losing support, the other area is going to, of course, fall. So then for that, that is not chayv. However, but if, of course, it's because he was not careful enough and he hit, hit it too hard, so then he would be chayv. So in short, uh, except for something that's unavoidable, there is such a thing as malpractice. The guy did a bad job. He has to pay as if he was intentionally mazik, essentially, right? Because it would be no different in terms of the amount. You pay for whatever the damage was. So Amar Ravasi in the Gemara, Vasi says like this. Yeah, you're only going to be chayev as, let's say, a carpenter. If somebody gave you like a finished carriage box closet, something of value that's completed, and you say, do some finishing touches on it, and then v'nats b'em asmer, drove a nail into them v'shibra and broke the whole thing. However, let's say, right, you commissioned him, you gave him a pile of wood, you commissioned him to make a carriage box or a closet. And in the process of making it, he makes it and then he breaks it. Then Pater, it's not like he broke your thing. He's breaking it as part of the making process of this item. My time, what was the reason that he would not be chayev in that case? Uman kaina b'shevach kli. The concept is that a craftsman acquires the shevach of the, of, the, of the kli, which is a fascinating idea. In other words, Barry, you're giving a pile of wood to somebody. And you're saying, make me a shtender. So he, in the process of making it a shtender, if something happens to it, it is, if you haven't yet picked it up from the store, right? Does that mean that all of a sudden you're entitled to the value of that shtender? Not yet. In other words, it's not yours yet. Whose is it while it's in progress? Okay, the, the answer is the uman. It's the craftsman's while it's in progress which means to say that if something happens to it while it's in progress, even if like a fire comes in or whatever, if, if something happens to it and it gets destroyed, it's still not like it destroyed your thing. We had that. Atara brought uh, a sitter to Prestige to get leather bound. In, and then the whole thing went on fire. So then who's, right, before it got leather bound. So, so the sitter, they could pay for it, but... but but we paid for the leather bound, so we, we deserve it. So this is the kind of shayla that we're talking about, right? But this is a little different. This is a craftsman. This is yesh me'ayin. So nothing was there. You just had the pile of wood. Now, of course, the wood you're going to get paid back for, Barry, right? You, you bought the wood at Home Depot. You're going to get paid back for that. But you're not going to get paid for the shtender yet. Oh, that's what's going on. So let's see the Mishnah. Tanan. We learn in the Mishnah, our Mishnah. My love, the Eitz, what was the case? In our mission, if you gave something to the craftsman and then ruined it, we said that you have to pay for it. Isn't it? Isn't the case where you gave him a pile of wood? Says the Gemara, no, that's not the case. That's exactly what Ravasi is saying. Ravasi is explaining that that was a case where he brought him the shtender, as it were, whole, and just to fix it a little bit, and he ruined it. But the Gemara says, wait a minute. Doesn't it make more sense that since we later said that if you gave, you gave the shtender, we we're going to call the carriage boxer closet, we'll call it a shtender. Doesn't the fact that it says a shtender later imply that earlier it's not talking about a shtender? So the Gemara says, Amri Pirusha Kavifarshla. No, it does not imply that. It's not two different cases. It's the Hemshech of the Mishnah is explaining the beginning of the Mishnah. 
as follows. It says, Why would be a case where we'd give something to a craftsman to fix, and then when they broke it, they have to pay? The case would be when you gave him a fully formed standard. Okay. And then if you keep reading it, you say, it makes sense that that's what the Mishnah uh, sequence is. Because the Kate said Katani, because what's the circumstances? Think about it. Well, let me walk you through it. If you're going to say the first case is when just the Barry gave the guy a pile of wood to work with, now that the Mishnah already taught you that you'd have to pay back Barry for a full shtender in that context, and we say that the Uman does not, is not, in fact, the craftsman is not Kona, the box, why would we have, we would then not need the continuation of the Mishnah. It would be obvious that you'd have to pay if he ended a shtender. So it makes sense that the whole thing is talking about the same case um, all the way through, which is that he got a full shtender. So the Gemara, Well, that's not a proof, the sequence of the Mishnah, because right? Because we could say, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. So then the Gemara asks, Wait a minute. Once you know that, so it's not necessary to teach the second part. Right. So, so the Gemara, that's not Shaila, because again, the safe of the Mishnah is revealing what the intention of the Rasha was. Right? So you can't say that we wanted to have both parts of the Mishnah, basically, because we don't want the second part, right, to, to reflect on the wrong halacha on the first part. In other words, if you said in the beginning, if you said in the beginning it was a fully formed shtender, so then you'd say, you would make the, the diuk that eats him low. So you say, right? You might have been able to say in the argument that if you would have had, um, that you might have made the, the diuk, right, the inference, that if in the end it says that it's a fully formed shtender, then you would have learned from that that the first case is talking about when you just gave him wood to make into something else, and still he is chayv to pay, and that's not the case, right? So that is the inference we're trying to make from the Mishnah. We don't really know um, whether the Mishnah is, is very precise, so now we're going to have to try to figure out is Rav Asi correct or not, right? Rav Asi, again, he's trying to say that our case is one where it's only fully formed. In other words, that if a craftsman were to get the wood and would actually ruin it in the course of making it, he's saying that our Mishnah would support him and say that in that, sense, in that case, he would not have to pay, right, for the damage that he did. So let's see. Let's say that the following Mishnah helps him. This Mishnah is going to be on Shabbos. It says, right, tomorrow. If a person gives wool, as we finally arrived at the Testament, if a person gives wool to a dyer, we already saw this Mishnah, and the vat, and it burned, right? So he's, he's giving it to him to dye it. Instead, he just burned it up. Okay, so noise and love tomorrow. Barry gave it to Phil to dye the wool. The whole thing came back, just one burnt glob that's worthless. So, so Phil has to give back, right, the, the value of what? The wool that Barry gave him. Says the Gemara, Demet Samara in, Demet Samara Vashivcha, lo. He only has to give him back the value of the wool that Barry gave him. Right? Phil only has to give Barry the value of the wool, but not the value of the dyed wool, the extra value that Barry would have paid him to dye it. Lavshik dichul achar nefila is not referring to, it seems like we're referring to a case where the vet burnt it after the dye took hold. The Ika Shivcha, which was to say that what? 
Again, there's a value to dying it. So we're assuming that that case is where Phil already died it. And therefore, let's say Barry gave him $10 worth of wool and died, it would be worth 30. So he, was, he would pay, right, the, the uh, extra 20 for it. And yet, Phil only ha- doesn't have to pay him the whole $30. He only has to pay him the $10 for the wool that he gave him, right? Even though it already, at the time that it was burnt, was a $30 dyed wool thing. Right? And don't we learn from there that in fact it's Phil right, that gets that extra money. He, it doesn't go back to Barry even after Phil improved it. Well, he says that Mishnah, tomorrow's Mishnah is not necessarily a Raya because it could be read in such a way that it burned the wool before. Right? Like in other words, when did it burn the wool? Uh, before it ever got dyed, right? The dye was like, Phil had it on a very high flame and, this, and, and, and it's, as soon as, the, as Barry's wool touched that whole concoction that Phil was cooking up, the whole thing went up in smoke. So it never got a chance to appreciate in value and therefore it's for that reason that there's no shavach and for that reason that Phil only has to pay him for the wool. What would you say if it first got dyed and increased in value and then burned? Maybe in that case, according to Shmuel, Phil would have to pay Barry the entire $30. So, so maybe we're, we're saying that Shmuel disagrees with the Vasi. He maybe reads the Mishnah differently. So says the Gemara, not necessarily. The, the Mishnah could be any one of a number of cases. That's the point. What we're going to get to, I'll say it outside first, and of course, is that we're going to say that that Mishnah really is ambiguous, right? It's not going to be a proof for or against Ravasi. Shmuel is just basically saying that the Mishnah could have several scenarios where it's not a proof for him, but it's not necessarily proof against him either. But be that as it may, at this point, he's suggesting it could be talking about a case where Barry gives Phil both the wool and the dye. Right, Vitzaba Agar Yedehu de Shakil. Oh, in that case, Phil is not a craftsman, right? Where you get the value of your, like, like for example, when I, if I, if I give somebody braces, I did have this once. I, I, I gave braces in the olden days of brackets and wires to somebody, and then I finished with the older sibling. And then the mother, she didn't ask me. She explained to me. She said, now what you're going to do, when, now that you're finished, you're going to take the brace, braces off my oldest kid and you're going to put it on my next kid. And, I, and so I took the braces off and I gave them to her. She said, what am I going to do with this? I said, I don't know. They're yours. Put them on your kid. Meaning I'm not getting paid for the braces. I'm getting paid for the... So, so that's why you pay a craftsman, right? The, pra, the craftsman is getting paid for the expertise and for the work, Right? That's one thing. But if Barry is actually giving you all the materials, then he's paying you for the expertise or for doing like a laborer. So if you're doing it for laborers, then you have to give him back all of the, obviously, so then you're not really going to anything. You're getting paid almost like by the hour. We'll get into the difference between a Socha and a Paul. But you're getting paid like basically by the hour. And so that's money that if you didn't do your job, you don't get paid for that, right? He gets back the value of his stuff. Uh, the raw materials he gave you. And, you know, he paid you to do a job which you didn't do, so you're not going to get paid for that. But it's pretty clean in that halacha. That could be what our mission is talking about at Dafkov. If that's the case, so we don't have to talk about, right, that he gave him the, the, all the materials, right, the dye and the wool. So the Gemara is saying what I was saying before, that Shmuel wasn't really saying that this is, has to be shot in the mission. He's just saying, these could be the Pshat and the Mishnah, and therefore our Mishnah is not going to be definitive one way or the other with respect to Rivasi. Okay.
So again, let's go back. Ravasi is the one that says that a craftsman is kind of the improvement and therefore doesn't have to pay for the higher amount. That, uh, so let's see if this can work. 12 lines down, Tashma. Anais and Talisa Uman. Okay, so now, now Andrew is bringing his fine threads to a craftsman. He's bringing, everyone's bringing it to Phil. They think Phil could do everything. So Phil Gamarvahodio, he finishes whatever the task he had to do for Andrew's suit. He's like tailor uh, made suit. What's the idea of Losalin? Losalin is like this. Losalin means once Phil does his job, the Torah tells you a beautiful idea. You're not supposed to uh, withhold wages. You have to pay him the wages right away. So what does the Brisa say? When does that clock start on withholding wages? You're not even supposed to withhold wages for a day. Isn't that amazing? But if Phil never gave uh, Andrew his suit back yet, so then... Phil can't expect the wages. The wages start as soon as Andrew gets a suit. So let's say he gives him a suit. He said, have it ready for me for Yontiv. And then he goes away to San Diego. So it's not like right away um, he, uh, Phil is owed his wages. He hasn't given it back, his, his uh, suit. And there's no Isser on Andrew of Los Salin. However, if he dropped it, if, Phil, if he picked it up, let's say, in, uh, in the afternoon, so then... If it, once Andrew picks it up, he has a tilshkia to pay Phil, right? As soon as shkia of that day, he would be over on this prohibition of Baltan. And if you're going to think that Phil is kind of, right, the, the, the appreciation of the suit once he's done the job, then why is Andrew over Baltan? What do you mean? In other words, the, the money... Right, that he owes Phil should be proceeds of a sale. Because after all, Phil got some suit that was worth $100 and he's doing something fancy with it that's going to make it worth $300. Right? So all of that really belongs to Phil. <laughs> it doesn't belong to Andrew. Right? It, it already belongs to you. Meaning you, if you own it, then you, that money, and you own the extra value of the suit, then you've already essentially been paid. Andrew's just kind of like, giving you the money whenever because you're returning to him. It's almost like you're what? A merchant at that point, right? It's almost like you're selling to him. You're not a laborer, Phil. You were given a $100 suit and it's a business transaction where you turned it into a $300 suit and now you're selling back to Andrew a $300 suit. If indeed we're saying that Phil owns the appreciation, now it's a different kind of transaction, right? It's a transaction where Phil is, is basically selling back to Andrew something that, that, that is higher in value and there is no Baltalin on that, right? Nobody would say that, uh, that, that there would be a prohibition of Baltalin on that, but Baltalin is just for laborers. You're not a laborer, Phil. You're an expert tailor. You understand? So, Amar of Mani Berater of Kana, Begarda de Sarbalo. Yeah, it has to be a case where, no, not really uh, that Phil is doing something extra to the suit. He's just doing some cloth manipulation. Cloth manipulation, it's the, still the same suit. He's getting paid not for turning it into a different suit, and it's not like he's selling the suit back to Andrew, but rather it is because he's just manipulating the already, it's the labor that he's doing, and therefore there would be baltalin, the lake of shifcha. That's why there's a baltalin on this, because there is no actual appreciation. It's just making it a little bit fluffier. Says the Gemara, wait a minute, sof, sof, lemai avin yale. If he's not doing anything to the suit, then why would Andrew give it to him? Obviously, he's trying to do something. Lerakuche, he's trying to make it softer and better, which you would presume has value, right? Kema de rakche, hainu shifcha. Once it's softer, it is an improvement. Says the Gemara, Lo, Tzricha de'agri leviche. It's not, still not a proof, because it's not a case where he um, 
hired him to make it softer, but to put like the the Andrew uh, family, the singer family crest on it. Right? He was he was doing like the sweatshirt guy Uri does on on Ben Yehuda, right? Where he makes all the family stamps on them. So bitcher, bitcher, bimasa. But it also has to do with the contract that he's doing. The whole case is a different case where he's paying him for each stamping. The highness chiras. That kind of work is it's a it's a subtlety, but it's not really a contractual work. That is wages of labor. He's getting paid sort of like by the stamp that he's, uh, that he's putting on the, on the shirt, and so it's not like Phil owns owns any of that. That's really like Andrew using Phil as a laborer, and it's for that reason that there would be an sort of labal talent. Okay. So the Gemara, and according to what we originally thought, that we were talking about that he's paying him as a contract, and Messiah Rav Sheshis, that would support Rav Sheshis. The Bible name of Rav Sheshis, because they add the following question of Rav Sheshis. They ask him about Kablanut. Kablanut is contractual work. Are you over Allah Bishum Baltalan or Aina over? That's a very interesting question. Uh, what did Rav Sheshis answer? Rav Sheshis over, that he does transgress Baltalan. That's a very subtle thing also. If you look at Hilchos Shabbos, there's a difference between Schirus and Kablanut. In other words, uh, is there, uh, if you're doing, let's say you're renovating your house, right? So if you're paying by the day, right, and it's like a Sachir, so then you can't have them work on Shabbos because, after all, that would really be a violation of Shabbos. They're working on Shabbos for you, right? What if you pay them, you say, just finish my basement. I don't care what you're doing. I'm going to be in the Galapagos Islands. I'll be back. So then there may be an issue of Mars science, certainly, right? They, they shouldn't work on Shabbos. But if they're paying for the job and you're not there and they can sort of like come and go and work and rest as they please and they're not Jewish, so then maybe that's, maybe it's a different halacha. It is a different halacha, okay? There is an issue of Mars science. But the point is, Kablanut versus Schiris is a subtlety that matters for Baltalin. And it's, a, it's an interesting question. So for Hilchah Shabbos, it's very specific. Like, were you contracted to work on Shabbos? That's a very interesting halacha. For Hilchah of whether you have to pay them right away, it's also an interesting question. When is the right away? Do you have to pay them every day? Do you have to pay them when they finish every stage of the job? Do you only have to pay them at the end of the job? That's an interesting question. Indeed, Ravashi says pay them all the time, you know, but mm, it refers back to what is the status of this craftsman? It's a very interesting uh, question. Okay. Anyway, the Gemara's suggestion, maybe Rav Sheshis argues with Ravasi and maintains that he does not, right? Maybe Rav Sheshis thinks that the craftsman does not acquire the improvement. Why? Because again, he says, Iver. in other words, that you're over on Baltalin. Does that mean that Rav Sheshis holds that you have to pay him all the time because he does not because it's really not as if he improved it and now owns it and it's a transaction, but rather because he's still a laborer. Is that what Rav Sheshis is trying to say? So No, he was contracted as a letter carrier. Oh, so now we're saying he's a different kind of worker, right? It's not enough for Baltalin because he did the task, right? So, but but he didn't physically improve anything. So therefore, as a letter carrier, of course, he's, there's nothing, there is no tangible value, really, right? He's just a messenger. There's no tangible value for him to sell. Says Gemara, no. Let's say the Rav Asi is like the following Machlokas Tanaim. The Rav Asi holds, again, that Phil owns the stuff that he improved. He's the craftsman. Let's say a guy says, Some woman hands some, some gold to Phil and says, Make me anklets, make me earrings and rings out of this. Uh-oh. And she tells Phil, okay, obviously very theoretical, just to, um, 
She tells Phil, I'm going to be married to you for that value. Oh, Kevin Shasan Mekudeshis. A fascinating halacha, Diva Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir holds in that brisa that as soon as Phil finishes making it, she is Mekudeshis. And that's a fascinating machlokas. Chachamim say, Phil has to not just right, make the craft, but put it in her hands for her to be Mekudeshis. So now we have a fascinating idea. When Phil, right, wait a minute. Do, what, what is Rameyer talking about? According to Rameyer, as soon as Phil makes the gold into a ring, they're married. How? My mamon. What's the mamon when they say, when the Chachamim say, what are they talking about? When they say mamon, do they mean the ring that he made? Which mamon? So it says the Gemara, if you're going to say that he gives back um, the gold, that she gave him, she gives him back. Then What are you going to say? <coughs> How the mayor holds that even that money will not be a condition? That can't be. Right? How can that be? What is Phil going to be Mikadash her with? Okay. In other words, somebody holds that she's being Mikudashas here. So what's the halacha? It has to mean that what's going on here is the Chachamim say, that he's saying that none of this shtick is going to work. You can't just, Phil, you can't betroth her with something when you didn't give her any of your own money, right? Just to give her back the thing that she commissioned you to do is nothing. That's what it must mean, okay? So now that we said that that's what it means, so what is Rameer saying? Rameer says that you don't have to do that, right? That he doesn't have to give money of his own. Why? Ah, so if you're saying that the whole thing is when you gave her back the ring... So according to Rimeir, it must mean that you're giving money, you are giving money of your own by giving her back the ring because you're a craftsman and that extra appreciation from gold to ring is yours to give to her, to be Makadish her with. As opposed to Chachamim say, none of that works. It doesn't belong to Phil. It's still her gold. It's still her thing. And he would have to give his other money in order to be Makadish her. That's what's going on. Uh, says the Gemara of Savrua. So what's going on? Rameir and Chachamim are arguing. So everybody holds. So first of all, in order to understand this machlokas, we have to make certain assumptions. The first assumption is that both Rameir and the Chachamim are going to agree that whenever you have schirus, the entire time that Phil was being doing the, the this uh, goldsmith work, he was getting paid mitchilavatzof. That means from beginning to end you get paid in increments. In other words, not at the end of the job, but at every stage, okay? That's number one. Also, everyone's going to agree that you have to give her something in order to be Makadesh, right? You can't, for example, if she has a loan, forgiving one of her loan, if she owes you money, forgiving her loan is a controversy. Let's assume that they all hold that forgiving her loan does not work, which is to say, an uman gets paid for every increment. And... And Phil would certainly have to give her something of value other than forgiving a loan. So if you go according to both those assumptions, now you're going to say, my love, uman, now you've set it up that the machlokas or mayor norabonin is, is that extra appreciation that Phil did by making the craftsman, is that actually his, right? If you put those two assumptions in place, that becomes the nekudat samachlokas, as it were. That becomes the, what they're arguing about. The mayor suffer uman, Right, Rabbi Meir, who says that that he's giving it back since he's Kona B'Shevach Kli, he can be Makadish with that because Phil really uh, rightfully owns that appreciation. 
holds that it's not fills, and that's their machlokas. Oh, we now put in two assumptions, analyzed the case, and decided that's the machlokas tonight in the brisa. And now we're going to bring that whole house of cards down. Love. That's not what it means. Because after all, the Gemara says it could be the Kula Alma Enum and Kona Shevachli. It could be that everybody holds that it's not Phil's. Maybe they're arguing on one of the two assumptions that we made, right? Number one could be that, in fact, right, Rebbe Mayer Savar Ainless Chiris El of Asaf, right? They're arguing about whether Phil gets paid at the end or at each stage. Maybe Rebbe holds that you only get paid at the end. Verbanan Savar Yeshless Chiris Mitchila Vatsof. And Verbanan say you get paid at every stage. Why does that matter? Because if you accrued the value incrementally, Phil, and that money was technically loaned to you by her and giving her back is like a loan forgiveness. See what I mean? It's like only going to be considered your money, even if we hold that you are the rightful owner of the appreciation of that thing. So watch this. How is that working? Is it simultaneous that immediately <coughs> upon completion and handing it to her, it's yours, in which case you are giving her something tangible? Or is it like you owe her, she owes you, rather, more and more money as you get closer and closer to finishing all the craftsmanship, in which case it's almost like she's, it's almost like you're lending her that money because she's not paying you until the end, and then when you give it to her, it's like you're forgiving her loan, right? So if you're forgiving her loan, you're not actually doing anything that would constitute a Maisa Kedushin, so that could be the Mechlokas. Or, be by Seima, says the Gemara, you could challenge the other Assumption. Maybe everybody agrees that it's actually one-time deal, one-time payment, and therefore it could be money. However, but maybe they are actually arguing about whether Phil can be Makadish with a loan forgiveness. The Rebbe Mayor where Mayor says you could, and therefore that's why it works. say she's not Makadishas, and that's why it doesn't work. So as we turn to Ahmed Bey's, Rava Amar, Rava comes. And, this, and tries to explain the Bryce in a different way. He says, Everybody's going to agree that Phil's wages are earned incrementally throughout the work. So it's like a loan. And everybody also is going to agree that you can't marry a woman with loan forgiveness. And Rava also adds that everybody's going to agree also that, you, that in fact, unlike, right, um, Right, unlike Ravasi, uh, that the uman is not kona b'shevach kli. El hachav ma'eskinans. So then, what, what are we talking about? The whole question is a totally entirely different question. Says Rava, that price I was talking about when Phil added a gemstone of his own in order to effectuate the kedushin. Remeir sover milva apruta, daita apruta. The mayor holds that if there was this giant thing that she commissioned you to do, and you put a little ornament on top of it. She see, all she sees is the ornament. It's a thought that counts, Phil. You did that little ornament. She has her mind only on that ornament, even though in terms of value, it's not less, but it's a thought that counts, Phil. She gets back this $100,000 ring and the little $5 ornament that's enough. That's what her mind is on, and she's Mekudish with that. Whereas Rabbanan Savri, Milva, Pruta, Daita, Milva. Her mind's still on the prize, still on the bigger value item. And even though you added a gemstone, it's not enough to be Mekadish her because her mind is on the what? The Pruta. It's on rather the Milva. It's on the larger thing. And that thing, Rava had already explained, is not something you can be Mekadish her with because that was like something that accrued value incrementally and it's a loan. <laughs> and that extra Shabbat is not yours, it's hers. And therefore, you're going to 
not be mekadoshar with that, okay? And, the, and that is the machlokas. We've looked at the high tonight. And, there, and according to this, that, the machlokas is a totally different thing. The tanya b'sakosh a person tries to be mekadoshar woman with wages that she owes him, right? So she commissions him to do something. He does it. So the plumber wants to marry the woman, right? Because he said, you know, I unstuffed all your toilets, but instead of paying me, why don't we get married? Enemikudeshes. Okay. That's Besachasha Siti Mach. That's if after he's already unplugged the toilets. Besachasha Esa Imach, Mikudeshes. Or if you could say, you know what? Why don't we do this? I will unplug your toilets, but let's get married with that. And he's future thinking, right? So in there, the Tanakhama is going to say that she is Mikudesh. Whereas Rabbi Nassan Omer, Besachasha Esa Imach, Enemikudeshes. Even with that. What? Isn't the reverse? Enemikudeshes? No, so again, oh, right? The, it, the, in the Tanakama, if it's on stuff you already did, she's not Mekodesh, but stuff you're going to do in the future, the Tanakama says she, she is Mekodesh. Right. Whereas Rabbi Nassan agrees with you, Barry. Rabbi Nassan says that even in what I'll do in the future, whether it's in the, in the past or the future, she's not Mekodesh with that. And certainly, in other words, if it's something that he already did, then that's like a loan, right? That for sure is not going to work. If it's something you're about to do, there's a machlokas, whether it would, but it would be kava If you can't, if that doesn't work, certainly, then what something you already did is not going to work. Rabbi Yudah is saying that really nobody would say, even the Rabbanon and Rabbi Nassim would say that she's not Mekudosh with the labor. The only case where she's Mekudosh is that if he adds on top of it, gives her an additional, um, right, uh, some sort of gemstone, uh, then she is Mekudish with that, right? So, or a plunger, as it were, right? An extra thing, so he can Mekudish with that plunger. So it says the cover, so, so now we have What's the basis of the Machlokas between Tanakam and Rabbi Nassan that Barry pointed out? The question is, when you have the laborer's wages, are they earned gradually? As he works in increments, um, so he says, "Bein Rabbi Nasan, Rabbi Yudah Nasi, you can be nayim milver pruta." So, according to this, right, machlokas tanaim, that would be the machlokas between Tanakama and Rabbi Nasan. How do you define schirus? But the machlokas between Rabbi Nasan and Rabbi Yehuda would be this malver pruta, where Rabbi right, where Rabbi Nasan holds that she's focused on the loan money, whereas Rabbi Yudah Nasi holds that she's focused on the stone. So that would be machlokas. So we are now five lines up from the middle lines on Tzadik Tessam and Bays, and Andrew said that maybe we continue a little bit afterwards because to get to the rest is only like five, ten minutes, so we have a Rosh Chaydesh davening, and if you can't stay, I'd like to finish because I'd hate to think that we didn't finish the daf, and then tomorrow's daf takes five minutes, so um, we'll, we'll do our best. Everybody should have a good Chaydesh for now. <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs>